Ruth chapter 2 is really short, but it's something that I've identified about a kingdom man. Can I get somebody to say kingdom? First thing I want us to know, kingdom men look for attributes, but carnal men look for avenues. We're coming out already. <laughs> coming out already. Kingdom men look for attributes. I'm trying to look and see, is this something that's going to protect and help my destiny and my calling? Carnal men are looking for avenues to get in the bedroom, looking for avenues to manipulate. There are some people who can't stand if you're wise and have spiritual intelligence because you can't manipulate them. But this passage, I'm coming out hard already, huh? This passage in Ruth chapter 2, um, just a few verses. I was noticing this. Most of us know about the Ruth and Boaz story, but there was something that stood out to me. Verse 5, it says, Then Boaz said to his servant, who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? Can I get somebody to sound like they're from New Orleans? Say, who that? <laughs> Boaz walks up. He sees all these people out here, and he's like, okay, hold on. Who that, though? And I want you to notice what the guy's response is. Verse 6, um, it says, So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. Here's my problem. How you know all that, but you don't know her name? Did y'all catch that? It's like, who is that? Oh, that's the Moabite. She came with them, and she came with Naomi, and she's been out here every day. She's been out here all day. She's been, you know, grinding and hustling a little bit. She take a little break. What's her name, though? And I begin to think, when he said Moabitess, if you know anything about a Moabitess, Moabitess come from Moab, which means the incest of my father. So really, dude was probably kind of like throwing shade. Who is that? That's a Moabitess, Boaz. Like she comes from a lineage of incest. She's been out here grinding a little bit. She's been doing her thing. And this is so beautiful to me. Just like God, he sees beyond where you've been. He sees beyond your past. He sees beyond your scraps. I'm like, Ruth probably didn't even have a face beat. She wasn't even flexing, but Boaz noticed her. Here it is. Kingdom men have a miner's worth ethic. There may be some dirt, but we know there's gold under this. Under all this attitude, under all this people writing off, there's gold under this. So y'all ready for this conversation? Look, I'm sweating already. I'm sweating already. Y'all introduce yourselves. Isaac's writing notes. <laughs> y'all introduce yourselves, and let's get to this conversation. What's up, family? How y'all doing? It's good to be in the house one more time. I'm thankful yes. for my brother Flowers. And let me tell you, I've been in the back with these gentlemen, and it's only a foreshadow of what's about to happen. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you, those online and those in person. We're so glad for this opportunity. Absolutely. I'm Will, and um, I'm excited. I ain't got to say that. <laughs> come on, come on. Man, my name is Ezekiel. I'm always, always honored for the invitation. I cannot wait to be blessed tonight by these gentlemen on stage. Come on, I'm listening. Let's go. <laughs> so, um, Will, I want you to pray. And whatever y'all were talking about in the back, 
Y'all like spill. I don't know what happened. I was micing up. I walk in the room. They're like, oh, yeah, God going to move. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever happened, y'all spill that. All right, so just pray and let's start this. Definitely, Father God, we thank you. We honor you for this opportunity that you created before the foundations of the earth. We are honored that before you created anything, you had this moment in mind to release a dispensation of your glory that we have never experienced. We come with open hearts. We come with open minds. We want to hear you, see you in a way that we never have seen you before. We didn't show up for just a glorified experience. We want an encounter that changes how we live life, that changes how we view ourselves, that changes how we view and interact with you. God, remove every distraction, open the portal, and pour out your spirit in a way that will literally transform our lives. We are expecting Something to happen here tonight that will cause us to leave out of here completely changed, transformed, healed, delivered, set free. We thank you already for generational curses being broken. We thank you already for healing taking place. We thank you already for the resurrecting power being made manifest for us. We thank you for this opportunity. We give you glory for it now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 So you guys, what were y'all talking about? It don't matter who starts it. So, first, what we were talking about, I was looking at the video that we did last time, and one of the things that you said is that the weight of trying to maintain the perception of who you are is exhausting. Yeah. Right? And we, we started talking about how a lot of times men suffer from these identity crises, which causes them to not to be able to relate to women effectively. Yeah. And we see how the devil has been playing on identity from the beginning. So yeah. I, real quick, what we're talking about were Jesus went to get baptized by John, yeah. came up out of the water. God opened the, the heavens and the skies and said, this is my beloved son, who I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. He gave him authority and affirmation. Right. Immediately from that moment, he led him up into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil to defend wow. what he heard. So he was being tempted 40 days immediately after God spoke on his behalf. And you see in in the scripture where the devil came in his weak moments Mm -hmm. and he tempted him with this word that always stuck out to me. If. Yeah. If you be the son of God, Mm. turn these stones into bread. Yeah. And a lot of times we fall to ifs in weak moments. That's so good. So when, when he comes to Jesus, and it's, the scripture says he's hungry because yeah. he waits till it's lonely. He waits till you, you get in that space, and he comes and says, well, if you be, because I know who you are. I want to see if you know who you are. Yeah. yeah. So if you be the son of God, turn these stones into bread, and then you'll be able to satisfy the things that is plaguing you. And a lot of men fall to ifs and weak moments Wow. Because we, it's the fight to hold on to what we heard. Wow. We know what God said, but now I'm faced with what I see. And we settle in places because we fall to ifs because we're too weak to hold on to what we heard from God. And we end up walking by sight instead of by faith. Come on. And now we're trying to deal with the ramifications of falling to our ifs in weak moments. Wow. Come on, bro. No, but, but don't, don't, I ain't going to let you get off that easy. You were talking about the king, and you were talking about the prince. So we can't get to the king uh, stage because we're stuck in the prince. Say, say more about that. Say more about that. So, so, ironically, it's the same thing that a lot of people, men and women, yeah. uh, raise your hand if you've got prophecies when you were younger. 
You heard what God was going to do for you, different aspects of, right. I got prophecies when I was a young boy. And a lot of times, like David, we get affirmed and anointed, but then we get sent back to sheep. And it's the fight to hang on to what you heard. And most kings are not really challenged in the area of development until they're sitting on the throne. Come on. Wow. So the whole time as a prince. This is hitting different. Good. In, the, in the field, you heard it, but the only thing that you're having to deal with is the, the rejection of who you are. Or, or, or the, 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 the war between who you've been called to be and who you currently are. Yeah. And most times we don't have somebody to say, I heard you were anointed. Come here, let me walk with you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start developing these kingdom uh, attributes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm your father. I see that he just anointed you. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's change some behaviors. Yes. Because he was rejected at home. One, I didn't even find you worthy enough to come into the house. Yes. And, and, and here's the thing. The rejection didn't just start there because David knew that Samuel was coming. It's a big to-do around the house. Yes. I need all my sons here. I need all of you in line. I need you on time. I need you prepared. You, David, you can stay out in the sheep. Don't worry about it. So now you get anointed, and your father doesn't take the time to develop you as a prince, hmm. sends you back out to the field, yeah. and now the only time you get challenged in the area of your integrity, in the area of, of, of you living a life accustomed as a king, is on when you're throne. sitting on the throne. That's so yes. good, man. And now, underdeveloped. Go ahead. You're a king on the throne, but you're underdeveloped. Come on. Wow. That's all I want to say. You got it. Keep on. So now you're trying to rule from an underdeveloped state, and you're making mistakes as a sitting king yeah. because you haven't been developed as a prince, yeah. but because you now, uh, now you're sitting on the throne, I have to protect my illusion yeah. of kingdom. I have to protect my illusion of king. I have to protect... Yeah my illusion of victory. So I can't even be vulnerable enough now because I'm sitting here. Yeah. Check this, check this. When David went to the field to fight Goliath, yeah. they didn't recognize that he came with a slingshot. He came with his own stones. He came equipped with what he did. This is what I did in the field. This is what I did. They were like, uh, okay, all right, for you to win this, Saul, Saul said, here, take my armor. Yeah. Put this on because yeah. I don't believe in you but at least wear this so you don't get beat yeah. that bad. Yeah. And so Saul didn't win with the armor, yet he still found it fit to give David armor that he couldn't win with. Wow. Isn't it funny that we come from families that give us relational advice while they're struggling on, desperately man. in their own situations? Right. They're trying to give us financial advice, but they're still in that debt hole. And we take on this what's supposed to help us and keep us is now weight that is keeping us from getting to where God yeah. has assigned us to go. And yeah. so I just thought it was unique that even... David had to prove, hey, no, I, I killed lions. I, I killed bears. No, I, 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 I think I can do this. And he was neglected and rejected the whole time. Look, me, I, I'm here. Where, where, where are your sons at? Well, I, I'm here. I'm, I'm in the field. And so it's just like a voiceless voice. He got to the field. They didn't know his name. They didn't recognize him, didn't recognize his gifts until he slayed Goliath. Then they said they chanted his name. And so don't you think that that can possibly go, go, develop go. a complex? So you don't know me until you see me win. Well, that means that you can't not see me win. So I will not allow you to see me lose. I can't lose. I can't lose. I must win. Wow. 
I can't be transparent. I can't fail. I can't be vulnerable. I can't let you know that I have flaws. I, brother, take it from there because I know this is your thing. He's on the edge of his seat. I had to stop. I felt no, his spirit no, on me. No, no. Like what's powerful about that is that we create an environment, a culture where we organize our victories and avoid our losses. And that speaks to me because as I was confessing out back is that's one reason why it took me so long to get married. It took, I, I got married so old because I was afraid to lose. I saw how society treated men who lost, who made mistakes. And so I was too terrified to enter into a marriage and not be perfect. Too terrified to enter into a marriage and to show that I still have wounds and to show that I don't necessarily know how to lead well because I'm, it's always said, man, you need, you need to lead a woman, you need to lead you. I don't really know how to lead and so I'm afraid if I get married and my marriage is not perfect that I'm going to be crucified because I see how everyone treats the man who is not perfect. And so then it goes even deeper because I recognize that in my life, even as going through high school, I was, I was terrible at taking or, um, tests, right? So ACT, whatever the test is, terrible. Make terrible scores to the point where I just accepted the fact that I was a terrible test taker. Get to college, got to take an entry exam, terrible at it. I even cheated on my exit exam in undergrad because I was afraid that I was going to lose. Get to grad school. Getting, I'm in a great grad school, but then I turn around and say, I'm going to do my PhD. They say, you got to take the GRE. Well, <laughs> I don't really want to do my PhD because I'm not really feeling PhD. I, I, I'm going to go into the church because what, what is a PhD? <laughs> All the time I knew that if I go into that place and I take that GRE and I lose... Everybody is not going to look at all the other things that I've done to win. They're going to pay attention to how I lost. And so God had to check me and he revealed to me, all you have learned to do throughout your life, Isaac, is to organize your victories and avoid your losses. And you cannot go where I'm going to go, where I'm leading you by, by avoiding showing that you're vulnerable, showing that you are imperfect. You are imperfect and people will have to celebrate your imperfection and that's what you all were talking about. I said for me that was powerful and I believe for many men we won't talk about but I don't really know how and if I show you that I'm imperfect and I show you that I mess up and my wife would tell me, I told you, tell me I'm a good man? What you mean I'm a good man? I've never heard anybody tell me I was a, a good preacher, yes. A good, a good, a good at a lot of other things, but a good man. And so this perpetuates the difficulty of what you would call prince phase and then even the kingdom phase or the king phase is that man, many men are afraid to lose. And so I'm going to not, I'm not going to even get in the game. I'm going to stay on the sideline. Let's just talk. I'm going to keep it light and then we're going to go deep. When he said, we were talking about in the back, the, the strategies that some men take to avoid loss, like they wouldn't even holler at a girl if she don't give him the eye because it's just like, oh, there's no chance here, so I'm not lose. gonna take that risk. I can't lose. <laughs> Too risky. No, no, I can't lose. So I can't yeah, lose. I'm gonna go, uh, if, you, if you give me some kind of, yeah, yeah, okay, then I'll go there because there's a higher chance that I won't lose. And so this, this idea, this mindset literally leads and guides us around our losses into what seems easier. I told my brother, he dropped out of school, didn't even go to high school because 
he realized that if he got in the ninth grade and, and, and told people, well, I can't do this, then, then, they wouldn't know, then they would know that he needed help. And so what made him look more macho or the, 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 the easier way is, I don't, I don't like school anyway. I never like school. We're, we're, I'm looking for some hood activity. Now, because I always like hood activity anyway, because I'm hard anyway. Yeah. I don't like school. And so it's this mindset that, that, that we've navigated. And I think that environment is created not by the individual, but the environment. But this is what I wanted to mention. Can I get transparent? Yes. And so I grew up in a church. I was considered like the golden child. I, always, I was the one that they always looked to to do everything in the church. I was the one, you know, got good grades, everything, you know, preaching in the church, Got with, a, um, at that time, was not my wife, but she's my wife now. But I got with her early on. Y'all don't know the story. Let me, let me ease y'all into it. All right. <laughs> so me and my wife have five beautiful children, right? Yeah. Y'all, man, this is going to be, this is live? This is live. <laughs> you, you in it now. You in it now. All right, be cool. prepared to take a loss. All right. <laughs> and it might be deeper than you think. That actually was like actually real. Um, so anyway, so we, we didn't hear like the word discipleship. We never heard that term coming up. But we, no one talked about discipleship, just people in our lives that could guide us and steer us the right path. And so I, being I think 19 years old, I was the, the wisest person around me. I was the most godly person around me. And so people that were older than me would come to me for advice. So when it came to actually stewarding this relationship, I did what I knew best. It's just like, okay, I love her and I'm nice to her. But when it came to the area of my own lust, you know, though a virgin, I'm just like, oh, let me tap into this curiosity yeah. so much to the extent that we end up having sex. And this is the pastor's son, the golden child. Yeah. Not too long down the line, she ends up telling me, hey, I feel kind of funny. Mm. I'm like, okay, cool. No, 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 no. I feel different. And I'm like, okay. She takes a pregnancy test. She's pregnant. And I'm like, no, mm. you're not. <laughs> yeah. You're not. You can't be pregnant. Because I can't lose. I can't lose. I can't. Everybody's looking up to me. Everybody believes I'm perfect. I have to be perfect. Yep. This is what consumed my mind. More than a child in her womb, this man of God that everyone looked at, looked at and looked at me as could not even consider the possibility of getting. I mean, all the sister churches looked at me. Come on. Everybody looked at me. And so to protect the illusion of victory, I said, well, you got to get rid of the child. And this is, this is a, a man that has five children. I wouldn't even think of laying a finger on, like, even the moment Come of on. thinking of even harming a child. Now it's just like, what? Wouldn't dare. But in this moment of being consumed in this idea, I'm like, what, what is, get rid of that because I got to protect what they think. Yes. They can't think that, that I could get a woman pregnant or or even more that I was having sex yep. before marriage. Come on. Yep. Come on. And so I believe, this is the thing, she, she loved me and she believed in me so much, just like, I, can't. I believe that she followed through because she didn't want to, she saw me, she was like, I ain't seen you, I don't want to do this to him. Yes. Wow. 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 19 years old. Without a thought to my mind, with a cold heart, walked into an abortion clinic. 
And so I say I have five children and we celebrate. I put, on, I put a post on, on, on my page and people love our pictures. Our pictures have gone viral many times and people always celebrate and comment, beautiful family, beautiful family. All the while throughout this process, every time I had a child, I always expected God to get me back. Mm. Mm. Every child that I had, anytime that, oh, one of my children, one of the doctors said, oh man, it doesn't sound like, doesn't seem like your child is hearing well. I was like, well, that's what it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm prepared for my child to be deaf. Yeah. Another child, that were, my, my wife was having issues with the pregnancy. I said, okay, we're going to lose this child because I don't deserve to have. Like, I, I, I don't deserve to have a beautiful family. Yeah. Child after child, perfect, healthy, beautiful, five children. And so when people comment, beautiful, beautiful, amazing goals, I'm like, you don't want this. Because I could not lose. Mm -hmm. I could not afford to disappoint the environment that celebrated me when I won. That didn't care who I was mm -hmm. as an individual. If I, if I knew, I told Will this with tears welling up in my eyes. If I knew that the people around me were willing to love me yeah. in my loss, yeah. were willing to love me in my brokenness, in my failure. If they said, I hear you, but God has more for you. Come on, we're going to rally around you. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's not over. Mm -hmm. It's not over. There's no way I would have went through it. Yeah. It was the pressure. It was the pressure that I begin to interpret as, I see, I'm nothing when I lose, but I'm, I'm somebody when I when win. I win. Yeah. And it's so, it's, it's so wow. the weightiness is so crazy of that because it's hard now, honestly, to believe that people can give you grace. That we know that, that, that God can give grace, but then we, we have to be vulnerable around people who crucify grace. Yes. They put Christ on the cross, who is the, the perfect example of grace. Yeah. And if you did that to him and he was perfect, Come on. what you going to do to me and my imperfections? Yeah. So what does this have to do? I know we go, what does this have to do with relationships? It's because a lot of times... You're connecting with a man who is presenting this false image of victory. Yeah. This false wow. image of reigning. This false king. Wow. Because I don't trust the fact that I could lose around you mm. and get the grace that I need to actually help me to break the cycles of losing. And simply there, and, and, and that is powerful. And I think the other part is that Many men disqualify ourselves. We just simply, I mean, you can interpret it however you want to interpret it, but I just disqualify myself because I know the real me and I'm just afraid to reveal to you the real me because if you know the real me, you may not love me. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder when, when will we get to a place that we recognize that Many of us have mislabeled losses. Like, if you lost them but found you, you didn't then lose. Then that's a victory. Right? If, if, as hurtful as it is, if you lost the marriage but you found covenant in God, you won. It's just that losing is not something that you post to get likes. 
You see what I'm saying? And if, if men really care about losing, I think sisters have to ask ourselves, what does he consider a, a win with me? Because maybe he's pursuing me to win more in his lust. Maybe he's pursuing me to win more in his falsified image. Could it be that I'm so... So tro- yeah, the trophy wife, I'm so caught up with myself. The only reason I'm interested in you is because of the win it will give me. This is why it feels like he's so selfish. He's so self-centered. He doesn't care. He doesn't listen. I have to win. And so when you talk to me, I don't want to open up. I don't want to begin to express how I feel because I'm losing this argument. And since I'm losing this argument, I'm, I feel like I'm losing my pride, and I don't want to lose my pride, so I have to walk out, or I have to hit something. We have grown men, 40, 50 years old, probably 60, still hitting walls. Bro. Still hitting walls because I don't know how to manage and have self-government within myself to be able to take the L that God is really using to give you a win. Bro, does you, this make sense? Bro, bro, so, you 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 preaching. <laughs> and, and, and I was gonna say to that point too. It, and here, here's where it gets a little little testy for the for the ladies. It's a danger of of not wanting to connect with a man until he's sitting on the throne. Talk. There, there, say that again. There's a danger in waiting till a man is has completely arrived to the throne before you even acknowledge him. So, so because what happens is if we see it, we see God's original intent in creation, right? So his original intent was he gave Adam the instruction and said immediately after the very next verse, you know what? It's not good for you to be alone. Yeah. I gave you the instruction, but you're going to need somebody to help you fulfill, fulfill the instruction that I gave you. So let me create Eve. He didn't create Eve after the work was already done. He created Eve to be a helpmeet to fulfill the commands. Here's the danger in waiting until the king is sitting on the throne. is because all of the behaviors that they developed in their pursuit of the throne, that now makes you expendable. Because what what is valuable to a sitting king is the throne and the journey that got me to the throne. But if you... you, No, 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 no. It happened again. It happened. Remember last time somebody was talking, I was like, dude, Jesus died naked. It yeah. happened again. When you were talking about Eve, I was like, man, maybe if Delilah had her silver, she probably wouldn't have sold out Samson. Hmm. Maybe a lot of brothers are hurting because she's lacking in an area. And when I see I could gain by hurting you, I'll sell you out to get blind, to get bound. Because I'm really after the trophy. I'm really after the yeah. gold. I'm really after the image. Because I, I don't want the king. I want the throne. I need my iPad. I ain't going to throw it. So, <laughs> I had a pillow last So time then I now, <laughs> what happens? What happens now mm. when queens make kings expendable? Because mm. I really don't want you. I want the lifestyle. Yeah. I, want, yeah. I, I want the Gucci. I want the Prada. I want the planes. I want yeah. the... I want the cars. See, and, and I want to flex on the ground. Like, like, okay, how many sisters in here desire marriage? Desire marriage. Desire. All right. I ain't going to put y'all on blast. Online, too, you can put your hand raise emoji. I bet so many of us know the color, know the location, know the resort, but don't have the candidate. 
Come on. So, no, no. I'm, I'm, so look, look, look. And then, and then your colors are crazy. It's not green. It's like Olive Grove. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> all these. I, I know the color. I know the dress. I know the location. No candidate. So what you're saying? Sometimes it's this is the win. You just fit the role. Yeah. But not recognizing when you put him in that role, you didn't get a win. You got two L's. Mm. Come on. <laughs> you got two. It's the same thing for men, too. Yeah. It's the same thing for men, too. It's just that we may not think about the resort and we may not think about, you know, the wedding. But a lot of Christian brothers, a little deeper, I'm going to go to you, Isaac. A lot of Christian brothers, we really think that marriage is a safe house for the horny. It's not. What? It's not. Say say. Say it again. We think, especially Christian men. Christian men. When I was doing the whole student passion, oh, I can't wait to get married. I can't wait to get married. Oh, I can't wait. I was, like, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, bro, marriage is not a safe house for the horny. If it, if it rid you of lust, adultery wouldn't exist. Like, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't fix it. It exposes it. And a lot of us have to recognize, truthfully, our freak runs deep. <laughs> Come on, man. Not just you. They don't want this type of conversation. Purity does not stop at marriage, man. Purity does not stop at marriage. Purity is not, like, you getting married does not cause the warfare for purity to go away. It doesn't. you You can experience on the honeymoon night, pornography has messed my mind up. Yes. The club life has messed yes. my mind up. Yes. And I thought God was going to bless this. Come on. I thought God was going to make me why I enjoy this. So I'm labeling this as the sex sucks. And really, it's our freak runs deep. We have never detoxed from the porn. We have never detoxed from all of our sexual partners. We got erected off a different woman every night. Not knowing that has classically conditioned your body to multiple. So now you're trying to tell your body one woman forever, ever, ever, ever. Your body's like, uh, I'm used to multiple, bro. And so I know this is kind of deep and we went another route. No, no, no. No, because here's here's it. And I'm sorry, Isaac. I'm going to let you jump in. It's... Because it, it's, it's, it happens in reverse too with a lot of times with men is because, because we didn't deal with what happened to us as princes because a lot of times we were forced to be uh, like the man of the house. You, you were forced to grow up early or, or situations caused you to grow up early. You had no choice and you had to be a man, right? Yeah. And so you had no choice but to be a man. And now when you get old enough to have the authority of the choice, you choose to be boy. Wow. Because you had no choice when you were boy, so now when you can choose, you choose boy. And we and and the idea of boy is everything I want, I should be able to have. You don't have to, have to teach a child to be selfish. You can take your phone out of your pocket, sit it on the table, they'll grab it and say, mine. That's not yours. Yes, it's mine because I want it. And a lot of times these men, once they become, uh, uh, have the authority of choice, Hmm. They choose to be boy, which means whatever I want, I should be able to have. Hmm. And we suffer in these cycles because now the, 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 the power of choice then now creates this tainted aspect of what a king should look like. And when you take that miss or miss uh, a warped idea of power and authority and you put success behind it. Wow. Now that decision-making is solidified. Mm. 
Because now I have no reason to change why I think. Because now, based on culture and society, I have everything that you want. So now I make my decision making and my power and authority based on the fact that I can give you what you want. And I have the power to choose what I want to do. So let's have fun. But look at when, when Satan tempted Jesus after, you know, after that fasting period. How did he tempt Jesus? Not just if thou were the, if thou were the son of God, what? I know that you're hungry. So why don't you satisfy your hunger by perversion? How do I know it's perversion? The definition of perversion is taking the use of something that was intended for something else and using it in a different way. So I don't just want you to satisfy your hunger. I want you to satisfy it by using something that was intended for something else. To, okay. So now the mis, the coming out of temptation and failing looks like mm. using sex ill-intended. Yes. Using people's hearts ill-intended. Yes. And now we see, what, are, what is it used for? To satisfy, yeah. I know you're hungry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you're hungry. The problem with, with the temptation was not that Jesus couldn't make stone bread. Mm. Was that he would have done so at the suggestion of the enemy yeah. and yeah. at the perversion of his own creation. That's a preacher right there. Wow. That's a preacher right there. That's a, that's a preacher right there. Go ahead, bro. What you were going to say? Oh, man. Oh, what was I going to say? I don't know. I'm, t- I'm, 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 I'm listening to y'all. No, y'all get it. Y'all get it. Y'all get it. Y'all get it. No, I, 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 think it's, I think that's powerful because really, if we be honest, am I pursuing you because I know what God has called for me to do? Or am I pursuing you so that I can fulfill a lust need? See, these type of conversations I think we really need to have in church um, because we don't know how to even be friends yeah. without, man, my lust is on fire. My lust. Let, let's forget, is this a possible husband? Yeah. Thank you for the probably one or two yeah. sisters said yes. So, so I, I, was, I was asked the question, is it okay for a woman to shoot her shot? Okay. So I'm like, it's okay for you to be friends. The shoot the shot thing is potential romantic partner, potential husband candidate, okay? It's the friend phase that we're skipping. Come on. If you're working on a job and you see another man next to you and you're asking or just having a conversation with him, you're not shooting your shot. You're just having conversation. Does this make sense? It's that friend has become so perverted and, the, and like the definition of a true biblical friend, this is why in the discernment series, I did a whole message on that's not what friends do. Yeah. I'm telling you, friends, that is greater than romance. Yes. No greater love, look, no greater love than this, than he who lays down his life for a friend. Yes. Okay? Yes. So, so the, the greater love factor is married to the friend factor. But if we don't even know how to be a friend, we won't even be able to know how to identify lust from love. Yes. You understand? It's the, it's the friendship. There are married people, probably in the sanctuary watching online, who are not friends. 
They are not friends. Yes. They can't stand each other. They don't like each other. I love you, they but are I don't business like you. partners. Yes. They sleep in the same bed. They share bills. Yes. They have they do not like each other. This is why domestic violence went through the roof in 2020 because we had to stay at home with somebody that I really didn't like. And my nine to five was keeping me away from the reality that I can't stand you. But if I actually work on my marriage, it will present I'm losing in this area. And I don't want to lose because I'm a deacon. I don't want to lose because I'm a pastor. I don't want to lose. Yes. You can preach, you can pray, you can sing, but can you say I'm sorry? Wow. Come on. Yes. This makes sense. Y'all get me fired up. But, hey. but why is I'm sorry even tied to taking a loss? It's Unpack even it. the, the idea of, of apologizing and, and, and coming off of the combative nature to say that I'm sorry, to accept accountability, that's we're so warped in today's time that accountability looks like losing. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you that that was a question at the uh, at one of the conferences that I brought flowers to a few years ago. And I asked him, what is one thing you as a married man, you wish you had done more as a single uh, man? And he said fast now. And I, I'm so glad he went down that road because. He talked about the importance of learning how to die to self as a, as a single person simply because when you get married, one of the greatest things that you're going to have to learn how to do is die to self. And so I don't want to lose, and I will not say I'm sorry because I do not want to lose. But the greatest marriage consists of two of the greatest forgivers, right? Yeah. And so I think in this scenario, learning how... To say, I'm telling you, my wife and I, hey, look, we know if we ain't been dying to the flesh, it's so hard to, to we got to, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I messed up. I, I messed up. I want to say, I messed up. But that's one of the powerful things that we have to learn how to be able to do is dying to self. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. And, and what, and what you, we also have to take into consideration is that a lot of times, Men don't want to lose because their wives won't protect their loss. That's good. I'll use it as so a weapon. So now he loses Woo. in front of you and you got to go tell your homegirl. Wow. Yeah. And now your homegirl go tell her homegirl. So now when y'all come for ladies night, everybody looking at him like, mm. or, or, or I'm going to use it as a weapon and I'm going to bring it back up about 10 more times to make sure that you feel that loss in your soul. And so I'm not going to tell you I'm sorry. I'm not going to tell you when I messed up because I do not want to hear and feel this 10 days from now, two years from now, two months from now, how I messed up in, in 2019 and it's 2023, right? And, and it's so crazy just how you can probably pinpoint a time when you were hurt. You can go back in the exact moment. You know what time it was. You know what they had on. You know what their face looked like. You know where you were coming from. You know where you went to when you left. But then when you try to go back down memory lane about all of the good times that you had, that memory is so short-lived. But we can, um, when it comes to trauma, I can tell you the exact moment. And so a lot of times a man will say, you know what? I won't create another place of trauma because I need to protect the atmosphere that we have now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, this, this is good because I, I really want to touch this. A lot of, like, marriage is supposed to be the safest place to be vulnerable. 
It's supposed to be. Remember, cultivate the nakedness, all right? It's supposed to be the safest place. This is what happens when you get the title, wife, husband, but you don't understand the function, yes. leader, helper. Even though you're in covenant, you don't even know how to handle mess. Mm. Because it's mm. going to get messy. I don't know why y'all looking like that. Mm. It's going to get messy. All of us in here, you got some messed up stuff about you. If you say you don't, that's your mess. Lying. Yes. <laughs> all of us. We all have some mess. Listen, when you say I do, yes. it unearths how much mess you really have. It will you do it. not know. I don't care how cute, how fly, how dope you think you are. You don't know how much mess is in the beaker of your soul until it is shaken by covenant. I'm trying to tell you. You don't know. And so, so the thing is, we don't know how to handle the dirt that we see in them because we don't even know how to handle the dirt that we see in ourselves. Come on. You don't even know how to forgive you for what God has already forgiven you from. You still, kind of like Ezekiel was saying, think God has one on you. You on my hit list. I'm going to just wait for it to come back around on you. I'm just going to wait to punish you. And so that mindset has bled over into covenant. Go ahead, bro. That's bad theology. There is. And bad theology is more toxic than anything you can experience in a relationship. Yes. God is going to get me because of what I did. Mm -hmm. And because I did this, God hates me. And because I because I got a divorce, I'll never, God's never going to let me get married again. And because I have this hidden sin, God is just, that's bad theology. And we do not, we, most of us have some erroneous understanding about who God is. Come on. And because we have this erroneous, bad, horrible theology, theology about marriage, theology about your singleness, it robs us of happiness. And I'm so glad that my brother was like, hey, look, I have this new child um, uh, and now God's going, you know what? God's going to give me back. God's going to give me back and live our lives. Like you said, like I'm on God's hit list. I'm looking over my shoulder. Mm -hmm. God forgave you of that. Yeah. And now you are harming your potential future because you refuse and don't know how to correct your theology. And I, I, what I love about what you said in your marriage is your wife. She said, you are a good man. And I think for me, when I got with my wife, <laughs> I, really, I really wonder if she saw with the eyes of God. Because who I am today, and a lot of what you said, is because of what she confessed and affirmed and protected and built with me. And I think this is a real key thing. If we reinforce bad theology, because guess what? The reason why people have bad theology is because of bad experiences uh, by people who supposedly re reflected the God true, they serve. True. So I think that God's going to get me Ooh. back because... My, my mama always reminded me when yeah. I did wrong. Well, yeah, I said, I'm going to clean my room. But you didn't do it last time. You said, okay, well, then I know my mom never believes me. And so this thing, even though it seems small, yeah. true, wow. it's like, okay, well, God's going to get me back because, I mean, I mean, God has to be a little bit like my mama or like my daddy. Well, like my I, daddy. I don't believe God's going to be there for me because I was abandoned. My dad said he was going to show up at the game. He never showed up. And so my bad theology is coupled with bad experience. Yes. And so people either reinforce bad experience by perpetuating what people did yes. in our lives. And I'm like, okay, God is like this because everyone around me who should be a reflection of God is now reinforcing the bad theology. Yes. What if, what if 
the people around us were incubators for good theology. Yes. A woman that could see past yes. everything that you thought was blinding her from seeing the real you was able to see like God and say, you're a good man. You're a good son. You're a man of God. Where did she get that from? She didn't, it didn't come up out the blue. She saw and was reinforced through the lens of God. I, I wept. I wept. I'm like, I'm talking about the ugly, the ugly cry, the lips <laughs> quivering. I wept. I'm like, but you know, I was engaged two other times. You, 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 I have failed engagements. That's, that's, that's a strike on my record. You know, you know what my history was like and all of the, the women I've slept with. You know my history. How dare you call me a good man? I, ain't nobody ever called me. I'm upset the fact that you're going to call me a good man. That shakes everything that I understood about myself because I had all my losses. Yeah. That, you know, it's... I think some of us are more trained on how to see red flags than we are on how to see God's hand. Come on, man. Like we, look, this is what, this is what came to me when you were talking about that. Look, stand up real quick, Isaac. This is uh, something I was thinking about. In, in most of, uh, oops, my mic's hanging off. In most churches, this is what the Kojic, I'm calling out. we're going to get emails for saying that, it's okay. The Kojic, <laughs> the Pentecostal, we found you having sex at, at uh, youth camp. They brought this chair. Come sit down, Isaac. <laughs> A place where we're supposed to be having fun and learning about the Bible. We found Isaac Curry and Elaine in the back of the bleachers having sex. Just that gasp, right? 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 This is supposed to be God's house. Now, what do you have to say for yourself? Now, look, look, the place that's supposed to be a place of healing has become a place of trauma. This happens when he's 16, whatever. Y'all may not know, some churches still to this day do this. Up front, the bad theology. And so now what does he feel? Shame. He feels embarrassed. All right, now go ahead and stand up, Isaac. Now he's 36 years old, Okay. That happened. His wife is coming to him about, hey, I, I noticed that we talked about our budget. Remember we said that we were only going to spend this amount of money. I know you didn't go behind my back. What happens is, in his mind, he thinks about this very time. When I, when I got called, on, like called in front of everybody, I was blasted. Now, many times, as a man, what you do, man, woman, don't come at me like that. I'm the man in this house. Even though you're wrong, I have to protect, and I don't ever want to go back to how I felt in church. And she doesn't even realize what she's wrestling with, you know, because she sees she see, she see the anger. She's like, I ain't never, in her mind, she's probably like, what made him shoot off like that? She has no idea. I'm wrestling with 16-year-old Isaac and his 16-year-old experience. And so it's a lot of that that happens in relationships, you know, and I think, um, I think that's powerful. I'm gonna, I want to say something about Genesis, but I'll wait until go, go, we... Go ahead. Go um, ahead. Because everything that we're talking about is... We can't, ju we can't just do this like one or two times. Like, y'all need to blow up his, his email and his all that. Tell him we need to do this again and again because it's just, it's too much more that we need to discuss. And we don't have many spaces where people are being honest. That's why our marriages struggle. 
That's why I was terrified of marriage because the only thing somebody said to me was, marriage is hard work. How though? Tell me how marriage is hard work other than just telling me it's hard work. I need to know so that when me and my wife argue, I won't think that we need to get a divorce. You know, because I don't know what marriage is. But that's, I was, I was asking, okay, okay God, like, what do we, what do you want to talk about? I know even back in Genesis, one thing that set me free, that the Lord revealed to me, that helped me to stop as an individual, as a man, to be afraid of what I felt I wasn't prepared for, what I was going to mess up and all these things in marriage. And when I looked at Adam, for men who are asking the question, like, so what am I, like, how do I know I'm ready or what should I do or, or how do I, yes, godly men pursue differently, godly men love differently, but godly men also lead differently. And so this thing of this area of leadership is something that is definitely underdeveloped and not dealt with enough. Yeah. And many times we abuse it and misuse it by saying he needs to lead me. He can't lead me. He can't lead me. No man should enter into a marriage knowing how to lead his wife because he's never been married before. So the fact that you're expecting him to lead you, I, I told my wife, I told people on air, I don't know how to lead my wife. I'm learning. I'm submitting to the spirit of God so that he can teach me how to lead her every day. Looking at Genesis, there are a couple of things that the Lord revealed to me that was powerful. One, Adam, as, a, as, as, as the example for me, was a surrendered man. And God said, if you're going to be, if you're going to lead your wife well, before you think about anything else, you need to know that I need you to be a surrendered man. So women, if there's anything you're looking for, and men, if there's anything you're asking, the very first thing is that you need to be a surrendered man in every aspect of your life. Because we look at verse 15 of Genesis 2 that says God brought Adam and put him in the garden and gave him an assignment. But we, over, we overlook verse 8 that says God created man and put him in the garden and God kept doing everything he was doing. The garden represents his presence. He placed him in that garden for one distinct purpose, just to abide in my presence. Before I give wow. you an assignment, before I tell you to do work, before I do anything, I want you to just be in my presence. So before there's anything else that needs to be done, I don't care about your history, I don't care about anything, God says, I need you, Isaac, to be a surrendered man in every aspect of your life. And so yeah. regardless of what you're looking at, is he surrendered? And man, I'm talking to you. I ha you have to learn how to do exactly what he did in verse 8, and that is, I am going to be a surrendered man in every aspect because that's what you want to look for. Is he surrendered? Is he walking through? What is his posture like? But another thing, and I'm going to give it back to y'all, is that God taught me and he revealed to me that Adam was a husband before he was a husband. And I need you to pull up a seat. I need you to, I need you to turn. Whatever is distracting your mobile device online, I need you to pull up. He said, he taught me that Adam was a husband before he became a husband. How is that, God? If you look at the term husband, husband man, husbandry, yeah. it comes from the Middle English language, which means to cultivate, to tend to, to pay close attention to, to care for. Yeah. When God created Adam, he put him in the garden and told him to cultivate. Yeah. It was preparation for what would come. Right. Yeah. 
And so we look at the term husbandry, husbandman and husband. He was becoming a husband before he ever, before Eve ever came to the picture. You yeah. don't flip a switch and become a husband just because you said I do. Yeah. When he, when he, when he, when he arrived to a level of mastery in husbandry and being a husband in the garden, meaning I got to cultivate something, I got to tend, I got to pay attention to, I got to be consistent. I got to be reliable. Then God said, it seems like it's just a verse later, but that's time that passed that God said he needs a wife. I'm ready for, I'm ready to grant him a wife because he has mastered being a husband. So when Eve came to the scene, he knew how to care for her. He knew how to cultivate. He knew how to be a husband because he was being a husband before he became a husband. How do I know this? Because in chapter three, verse 20, it says one thing. Come on, bro. He called her Eve. And he said, because she is the mother of all living things. How would he dare call his wife Eve a mother before she ever had a child? Before she ever gave birth to a child, he spoke over her life. He knew that cultivating is more than just with your hands. Cultivating is with your, with your mindset, but it's also with your words. But if he had not spent time in the garden, not just rushing to marriage, let me be in God's presence. Let me be submitted to God's presence. Let me be, let me be in God's presence and let me cultivate with my hands things in my life. So if you're looking, if he's a good lead, he's going to lead me well. It does, you, you don't know if he's going to lead you well. But what you can pay attention to is, is he leading himself well? Yeah. He was a husband, but when he spoke and when he said, Eve, you are a wife, you are a mother, although you don't have a child, I'm still going to speak your purpose outside of the home. You're, you're more than what goes on in the home. I'm talking about all of humanity. You are a mother of all living things. He yeah. learned how to cultivate yeah. his wife's purpose because of what he did in the yeah. garden, and that helped to release me. You say, I don't have to have all the answers. I just got to first be in your presence. Yeah. I got to be submitted to you, and you're going to teach me along the way what I need to do. And, and, and this, this, that's powerful, bro. This is, how, this is how I believe a lot of us um, keep falling for counterfeits. We're rushing the season where God is trying to teach you, I need you to just abide in me. If you're going to have, listen, this is for all singles, and then I'm going to echo for marriage. If you want to prep yourself for marriage, serve somewhere where you don't get paid and fast regularly. Come on. Yeah. Train yourself how to die. That's good. This is not going to go viral, That's but it will help you in marriage. Train yourself how to not get your way and do it often. Jesus said, these kind only come out by fasting and prayer. There is a level of supernatural spiritual power you get when you have constantly told your flesh, no. No, I cannot have my way. So when you come together and you think you want love, but you have not been trained that love is death. For God so loved the world that he gave, okay? When you don't, see, see, see how we're getting golf claps? Love is death. You can see how much somebody loves you by how much they sacrifice. Okay? Sacrifice. This is the dangerous... Ooh, I'm getting in trouble. This is the danger of porn and masturbation. You classic, classically condition yourself how to train you. Yeah. 
God. Yep. I have taught myself how to please me. Yep. I have taught myself how to meet my peak. I'm training myself on how I feel good. And so now when you get somebody else, you'll say, you're not a good lover. No, it's you have discipled yourself how to discipled be selfish. Discipled yourself how to be selfish. See what I'm saying? And this, this is what's destroying a lot of marriages right now. He does not know how to serve. She does not know how to serve. The brother that serves, picks up chairs, whatever it may be, he is training himself on how to serve. I didn't know I loved my wife. I did a webisode on this like four years ago, and I said, when I knew I loved my wife and it wasn't on the wedding day, in premarital counseling, this is what my parents told me. You don't love her yet. Mm. Mm. I, I do love her. What you talking about? I'm offended, low-key insulted. I do love my wife, <laughs> but I've never long suffered yet. Mm. See? Come on. Mm. I haven't long suffered yet. When I knew I loved my wife is when she gave birth to my daughter and everything that could go wrong went wrong yeah. and she could do nothing for herself. Come on. Come on. When I had to feed her, wash her, then have to change a baby's diaper. I've never done that before. I had no practice. This yeah. was Come new on. to me. When she could do nothing Come yeah. on. and I was doing everything, I remember thinking, walking up the stairs, okay, so I love her. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm real tired. I'm going to like... 36 hours, no sleep. Yeah. I got boo-boo. I've never had a baby boo-boo on me before. I have boo-boo on me. Mm. My daughter's throwing up. She keep hollering. I'm tired, but my wife can't help me. Wow. She can't do nothing but nurse our daughter. Yeah. You have to do it all. Yeah. And at that moment, I was like, okay, this is what love. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me, that's love. Yeah. You're not getting nothing back? That's love. Yeah. This is romantic, huh? Nothing romantic. Y'all not having sex. You don't know when you're going to have sex again. It's yeah. going to be a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you waited, yeah. but you're going to wait a few more months, bro. Yeah. You waited. And still being faithful in the midst because there's some men who will step out during that time. Come on. When you can't get nothing Come from on. her. But all you can do is serve. What do you want? And then not do it with attitude. Mm. You hungry again? You got to go bathroom again? Okay. All right. Let's go. Can you wipe like all that type of stuff? Yeah. Seriously, it will train you on what love really looks like. And so many of us want the love of God, but we are so selfish. Yes, we are so selfish. It is all about you. Go ahead, then I want to show that thing. When we get out of here because they don't like us tonight. And and we we because we become masters of of self pleasure. We then compare our spouse to how we please ourselves. Touch Come that. on, man. So you don't even have a, a fighting chance mm. to develop with me because I'm already developed in it, what I like. Oof. So now the only thing you can give me is what I like. Right. And we can't even find our journey together. And, and, and then we, we get into this space now. And going back to well, even what Isaac said is that the, the reality of the situation is the long-suffering of, of the waiting game, if you really want to really, really, really want to set yourself up for a successful relationship, how a person relates to God is how they will relate to you. So good. So if I could just stop and just look at how you deal with God, let me, you cute, that's cool. I want to see how you deal with him though. Because mm. if you run from him, you're going to run from me. Mm -hmm. If you don't talk to him, I know you, I know you, he give you breath every day. You only wake up and say, thank you. So I expect gratitude because I buy you flowers? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. How you relate to him is how you're going to relate to me. Yeah. 
And we get into this aspect of now where the only thing that I want is what I want. That image, bro, just dying to ourselves daily. Yeah. It's, it's, when I think about how God loves me. Yeah. That every day he gives me brand new mercies. Yeah. So he, so he doesn't have to charge me for the things I did yesterday. Yeah. That I wake up to fresh new mercies. The only way that we can show our appreciation for his forgiveness is to express it. That's it. Because I can't give forgiveness back to God. There's nothing to forgive him for. So that idea, bro, I just want to publicly say just how that transformational way of thinking is literally, if if my first thought of waking up, it should be, how can I die today? Yep. How can I die today? Not like that, that's the takeaway for me. That changed my life, bro. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's relationship goals. Ezekiel, you did, you did a few things. I want to just kind of breeze past some oh, okay. of a post. Um, I don't know if you have an order in the back, Carl, but if you could just put up one. You, were, you made a post just kind of explaining about. Um, uh, the post was uh, 10 reasons why people aren't getting married these days. I think yeah. it's something like that. Why mar- marriages not are not working. Yeah. Something like that, yeah, right? So, go ahead. And so number one was, not enough men and women are willing to submit their desires and lifestyles under the authority of Christ. That's big. That's basically that dying. Yeah, keep going, uh, Carl. Let's go. Uh, too, uh, too many pictures of perfect marriages, not enough close proximity to examples of the reality of marriage. Yeah. Too many pictures of perfect marriages, but no one's getting close enough to see the real. Yeah. Three. Too many people please, I mean, too many people place enormous value on things that have nothing to do with a God-glorifying, healthy, sustainable marriage. Too many people place enormous value on everything else but the real deal. Satan hates God's idea of marriage and family. There is a spiritual agenda against godly marriage. That's for real. That's good. Not enough people engage and get to know each other. Okay, there's a typo there. Not enough people get to know each other in meaningful platonic ways. Instant sensuality is a blindfold. And churches can continue to incubate the antithesis of this. And we could talk about that next time. Not enough people are making friends with each other. (laughs) Too many broken people, unaware of their own brokenness, are expecting whole people to show up and save them. You're unaware that you're broken, but you're expecting people who are aware to come and rescue you. Mm, that's good. Okay. Let's go. Um, too many people, too many broken people unaware of their own brokenness are, people, are, una, are expecting other people to show up and save them. People have trauma, trauma, trauma. Yeah. Number eight, people need therapy, therapy, <laughs> therapy. Yeah. That's a whole season sermon conference in and of itself. Yeah. Number nine, uh, people need therapy, therapy, therapy. Men and women are not listening to each other and seem to enjoy being at odds. Doesn't it feel like that? Yeah. yeah. People. All right. Number 10, people are choosing mates based on how others will perceive the relationship. That's so good. I wanted him to show those because the reason we wanted to have this conversation on the night 
The type of information that we're getting now is what I like to call pre-disaster content. Mm. Wow, that's good. Wow. Pre-disaster content. This is the type of content that if you take heed to it, it can help you from experiencing a disaster. I can give you hype. I could make you shout. God convicted me of that in 2017 when I was saying all these punchlines and all this stuff, making people shout. And God said, man, help people. Help. You can work a room. Help people. That, that ain't going to do nothing. Help them. I need them to go home and talk to me. They crying. They were just shouting and saying how church was great, but we ain't talked in months. I need you to give biblical content on how we can have holistic, healthy relationships. Because the scripture, like I stated a week ago, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it will flow the issues of life. How do you guard your heart, and what can affect your heart? Relationships. Parental, work, marital, romantic. It affects your heart. And if we don't have wisdom, if we're not hearing conversations like this, and it's not just Father's Day, and we're coming together, we're talking about, hey, this is... This is okay to recognize you're going to lose, but you have to lose to win. Anyone seeks to save their life will lose it. But if you lose your life, for my sake, you'll find it. Everything is backwards. Everything is backwards. And what I just really want to kind of park on, and I'm done unless somebody want to say something else, is that the way for us to have healthy, it starts with us exactly what Isaac said, abiding in God's presence. What has cultivated me into being a better husband, I read books, I listen to sermons, I have conversations like this, but I spend time with God. And God tells me, you were wrong. Tanisha didn't say nothing, but all walking around the house, Holy Spirit, you ain't going to apologize, you ain't going to say something, bro, you know you're wrong for that. You know you're wrong for that. You know you're wrong. And it's just eating me up. The Holy Spirit convicts the godly man. Carnal men think they're right when they're wrong. And carnal women too. So I need the spirit of God. And I need biblical education to unlearn bad theology. So I won't feel as though God is going to get me back. And that will bleed over into my relationships where I don't talk because I feel like I deserve to be punished. Might want to say something else? Oh, I would definitely want to pray. um, But on this point, specifically when you did that example with uh, Brother Isaac, that was really earth shattering, man. And I think when you think about the picture of, of David when he got to the field and he was ready to fight and Saul came and put the heaviness of his own armor on, um, on David, I just believe there's been so much that we've experienced from other people that they've said, even in our own minds, bad theology, that we have been wearing, even in marriages, um, approaching relationship, wearing shame, yeah. wearing this God's going to get me back or I don't deserve God's best. Yeah. And we wear it. And the thing about it is we, we've worn it to defend ourselves. We've worn it because we thought it would help. Yeah. But all the while, it's keeping us from being victorious. Yeah. And I just really, truly believe that there are men, there are men of God, who don't know they're men of God, who don't know they can be victorious because they've been weighed down, slowed down yeah. by everything that has been said, everything that they've thought everything that has been anti-God, the enemy is still whispering to them, even as businessmen, even as husbands, even as people who believe that they fear God, but the enemy is whispering these things and it's reinforcing the weight that they've been carrying for years. And I I, I would love to pray a prayer, a prayer that literally dismantles. We ended up at naked last time and we're going to end up at naked this time. Yeah, let's do it, bro. We're going to end up at naked this time. A prayer 
to literally remove the weight of the shame, of the rejection, the weight of the shadow, of the fear of losing, the fear of not being able to fail and still be loved and deserve love. I would love my brother Will to pray. We talked about this in the back. You would be surprised. The people that you think, oh, no, they're just conceited. Oh, no, they got it all together are literally showing what they need to show you because they can't live as the real them because they don't get applauded in that area. They're still wearing the weight. They're still wearing the weight. I want you to pray, man, if you can, brother. Heavenly Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to come before you naked. We thank you for this being a safe place that we could take off the things that we've been carrying, the things that we've been using to hide from you, the things that we've been using to insulate ourselves in our pain and in our trauma. And we thank you that this is an opportunity to step out of bondage into actual freedom. We thank you, God. And, And in this moment, we come for every resurrected idol of ideology every idea that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ every idea that tries to reinforce places of trauma every idea that tries to reinforce places of lack to to devalue ourselves to be able to look at in the mirror and see a lesser version of what you created God we come for every resurrected idea and we tear it down in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, that we are transforming our minds, that our minds are being transformed in this moment. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this atmosphere, that you would come into our minds and into our hearts, that you would penetrate the way that we see ourselves, that you would penetrate the way that we see people, that you would penetrate the ideas and how we relate to each other. We thank you, God, that we have the ability to have successful relationship We thank you, God, that divorce does not have to be named among us. We thank you, God, that everything that we desire as we submit our request to you, that you will order our steps, that you will order our stops. We thank you for the stuff that we didn't get. God, we thank you for the stuff that we tried that failed. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for keeping us in a way that that we didn't even know that we were being kept. And now, God, we come come to you with our hearts open and exposed the hurts that we've been carrying the weightiness that's in the atmosphere even now those that are watching the spirit of heaviness that tries to keep us from believing that we can be happy that we can be whole that we can be free god we come with our hearts exposed now that you would do open heart surgery in this moment Father, allow your spirit to penetrate down to the depths of the core of our trauma. The things that we refuse to even speak on. The traumas that happened to us in our childhood that we refuse to even identify with. God, that you would that you would penetrate those places that we try to hide from you like Adam and Eve did in the garden. Because our shame caused us to hide from you. Because we were fearful and afraid. Father, right now we pray that your spirit would reach down into the depths of our pain and our trauma and begin the healing process, that you would put the broken pieces back together, that we, every generational curse that was released in the bloodline, we pray right now that the Holy Spirit would act as a tool to sever every generational curse 
that it stops here now. Satan, the Lord rebuke you in the blood of Jesus be against you. We come against generational trauma. We come against generational abuse. We come against generational lack. We come against generational divorce. We speak successful marriages. We speak healthy and whole relationships. We speak healthy and whole men and women. And God, we pray right now that you create atmosphere for us to connect with you in a greater way. That you would allow our hearts to be for you. Father, forgive us for coming to you with our desires and having no desire to connect with you. Forgive us for the times that we brought our checklist of what we wanted in a spouse but didn't come to you with an open heart just wanting to connect and commune with you. Forgive us for getting away from the original intent of creation which was fellowship. God, we thank you for being the jealous God that would break the things that would take us away from you and help us to wake up with a desire to seek your face to come after you to seek ye first the kingdom of God and your righteousness forgive us for the time that we brought things to you instead of seeking after your face that we only wanted what was in your hand and didn't come after your heart God we want you to be the cry of our heart we want you to be the desire of our morning our noon our night help us to realize that we should be first satisfied with you because no man or woman can fulfill us that there is a space for you that is reserved and until we make you priority everything else will fail until we make you priority until we put you above the spouse that we want until we put you above the job that we desire until we put you above the status that we seek everything else will fail because you love us enough to allow our situation to keep us at your feet so God change our hearts so that our posture at your feet is our natural desire truthfully God help us to get to the place that we can take our eyes off of man and woman and just fall in love with you again that we can fall in love with you God that we can be so grateful for your grace for your loving kindness is better than life for your tender mercies for your faithfulness we keep coming to you talking about the unfaithfulness of man instead of glorifying you for your faithfulness to us God forgive us and change our hearts today so that you become what you have always been more than enough you are more than enough and you and your presence is our reward so today God help us to leave from this place and make you the desire of our heart and the treasure of our seek because it is in you that we live that we move that we have our being we thank you for God another opportunity to fall in love with you yet again in Jesus name